This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go behind the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Shazana Mukhtar. By all accounts, the 2021 UMNO General Assembly held over the weekend was an exuberant affair, coming on the back of Barisa National's victory in the Johor State elections. But how solid is UMNO's comeback in light of continuing factionalism within the party? Joining me this morning for analysis on the outcome of the event is Mohsin Abdullah, columnist for the Sinchu Daily and Free Malaysia Today. Mohsin, good morning and welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Now, this year's UMNO General Assembly seems to indicate a return to the confident UMNO of the past, pre-GE14 era. How would you describe the mood of the party faithful this year compared to the previous three years of General Assemblies? Well, I'll echo what observers have been telling. They are in cloud nine, you know, coming from the victories and all that, the election victories. So they were really fired up, I would say. And there's this sense of pride and maybe a bit of arrogance as well, stepping into the General Assembly. That's the reason for the calls for a fast general, a snap general election. But that's not the only reason, and there's so many other reasons as well. That's that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I'm wondering what you think about Amno as a party. You know, even though we see a return to that old confidence, but is the party still the same? In in your observations, how much has Amno actually changed over the past four years? I don't know about change. I, maybe I'm a bit skeptical on changes of, of UMNO. But I see it as the same old party. The same old party, the same old style, the same way of, of winning, but with new strategies, you know. They're, and they are very good at coming up with strategies to win. And then all this thing about infighting, yes, there's always been infighting in UMNO. But somehow they, uh, at the crucial time, they can sort of work things out. It's not because they love each other. It's just better survival. If the party loses, everybody loses. So it has always been, you know, okay, I don't like you, you don't like me, let's like settle this, and we face the election, we win, then we fight all over again. That's, that's always been the story mm. of Amno, And I see it happening again now. You pointed out the factionalism, the fissures, those have always existed, right? In some way or another throughout UMNO's history. Um, I That's mean, right, the yeah. issue of factionalism did come up during um, the General Assembly. I mean, the party seems to be split between those who support the party president, Datuk Sri Zaid Hamidi, and those who side with Prime Minister Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri. Would that be accurate, do you think? Are those the main factions currently um, at play in UMNO at the moment? Yeah, there's obviously there are people supporting both both sides, and obviously that both sides are, are not agreeing on a lot of things. But like I said, they can work it out. But whether they can really come up with a good formula, that's another story. Because as it is, on the last day of the general assembly, a lot of things that people expect did not turn out. Which to me, it does not mean everything has been settled. Uh, one thing about this year's assembly is shrouded with in, in secrecy. You know, everything is controlled. The media is not allowed to, to cover at full length. They allow you to to get info that they want you to get. It's not a total coverage, as I said. You know? Unlike before, those those days, anybody can walk into PWTC now. now it's, not, it's not PWTC now, it's, what, it's World Trade Center. You just go to the venue, 
you can't go into the, uh, the hall anyway. So you just hang around the lobby and all that. There'll be this in-house TV production and you, you, you can follow the proceedings, no problem at all. But not anymore, not anymore. So what I'm trying to say is we don't actually know what really happened behind closed doors. And in every assembly, it's a fact that there are negotiations, there are backdoor talks and all that. If we don't even know what actually happened at the assembly, what more of the closed door discussion? Right. You mentioned earlier that um, several issues that were expected to be highlighted during the General Assembly didn't really materialize. Um, and one of that was whether UMNO would push for a general election to be called sooner rather than later. Ultimately, the meeting didn't result in a firm decision on this. I mean, what, what's going on here? That's, that's the thing. You know, obviously, there, there have been some talks between Zaid and, and Ismail Sabri. Because the, the, the way the tone was set by the president, and followed by all his all the president's men, you know, made every observer to to say that the, this this assembly will have a resolution demanding for a, a snap election or rather election as soon as possible. I mean, going by the tone, yeah, that should be the, the way to go. But it did not, despite saying a lot of things of why the election should be should be held early. At the end of the of the assembly. During the press conference, Zaid can say, we have not been pressuring. We are not pressuring the Prime Minister. I mean, what have you been doing all this while? Isn't that pressure? You know, that, that's, that's a bit odd to me. But we don't know actually what, what, what took place behind closed doors, like I said earlier. As it is, uh, the election will be held this year. Definitely, I would, I would say definitely, I would say. You know, it, it, maybe it's not, it's not as soon as uh, what people expect, but probably probably August, September, that kind of, we are looking at that thing. Despite despite what, what they, are, they were saying yesterday, Ismail Sabri and Zahid and Tokmat, yeah. It was, it was very mixed because when you think about it, early on in the General Assembly, there were a lot of calls for early elections, including by uh, Datuk Bak Hassan, Muhammad Hassan himself, who said that now was the right time. And the fact that they switched um tacked a little bit at the on the last day it what it did come as a bit of a surprise what what do you think what kind of factors are going to influence the decision when to call for elections what kind of political considerations are are going to be in play i i can say for sure but one thing that that we know now is that lahit won't be challenged that is very important i would say as the president, you know, that's why they push for uh, this one. They, they came up with a resolution that the party election will be held after the general election. Now they want to make it in black and white. This has always been the practice because they say you have the party election first before the general election. You'll be fighting. You'll be fighting for party elections and then all this, wash all the dirty linen in the, out in the open. Then come general election, you want to say everything is good, your party is good and all that. When people can say, I mean, two months ago, you were saying this place is lovely and this place is dirty and all that. So it has always been the logical thing to hold party elections after the general election. But this time, the interpretation is because Zayed uh, do not want Israel Sabri to challenge him as the, as the president. In the event that he loses, and although the president has, has got a lot of advantage, but then you're, you're, if you are being challenged by the prime minister, it could be a different thing altogether. So 
you need the president's presidency to 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 hang on to big powers. Now that he has got to to be to remain as president, he can choose his people or whoever he likes as the AMNO candidate for the general election. The other contention is that people are saying why Ismail Sabri should challenge Zahid is that because it's very difficult for him as a vice president to be prime minister. It has never happened before. And it's true. You, you make decision as a prime minister in cabinet and then you come back and come, maybe some decision which your party is not happy about and and you come to the uh, party meeting and they'll, they'll ask you to make changes because as a vice president, he's subservient to... The answers to the president, president, that's right. So it's an odd situation, very, very strange, very, very difficult. So the logical thing for him to do is to challenge, but now he can't do anything. That's already academic now. Is it safe to say that um, Zahid Hamidi is firmly in charge of the party at this point? Yes, I would say. I would say yes, he is. Every AMNO leader has got their own followers, right? So it must have been as the prime minister, definitely he has his own followers. But it, as far as AMNO is concerned, the advantage is with Zahid Hamidi mm. for now. I'm speaking to political columnist Musin Abdullah on his observations of the 2021 AMNO General Assembly. More from this conversation after the break. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Hello, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. I'm Shazana, and today I'm speaking to Mohsin Abdullah, political columnist for the Sinchu Daily and Free Malaysia Today. We're discussing the outcome of the 2021 UMNO General Assembly that took place over the weekend and what this bodes for Malaysia's political landscape moving forward. You spoke about just the difficult position that Ismail Sabri is in within his own party, even though he's the prime minister of a country, but he's still ranked um, as a subordinate in UMNO itself. Uh, does this mean that Ismail Sabri's political survival hinges on um, coalition politics? At the moment, he he's the bridge between UMNO and rivals Bersatu within the government. Does he need to maintain these precarious relations in order to survive politically? Yeah, I think so. But again, it all depends on which coalition and who are the partners and how strong the partners are. That is very, very important because if his partners are so-so are or, or, you know, or not that strong, Amnu would, 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 would overwhelm everything. Then he'll be in trouble. What's your sense of how party members in UMNO view the MOU that was signed between the government and Pakatan Harapan? How much internal support is there for coalition politics of this sort? Do they see this as a plus for UMNO or, or how are they viewing it? The impression up front is that they don't like it you know, because they are saying you're being held ransom by Pakatan Harapan. So they're not happy at all. you know. But when it was signed, they went along and because at the time the Agong was saying we need political stability. So that MOU was supposed to be heeding what, what the, the, the king was saying. So I'm, I'm no can't be saying they're not happy with that MOU. At that point in time, you know, that would be seen or perceived as you're going against the Agong's wishes. Or instruction. So they kept quiet for a little while. Now, now they are saying, why should we we we, we continue with it and all that? Zaid was saying directly to in, in, in his speech, obviously referring to his message, saying you're sleeping with the enemies. Should we continue with this and all that? That's how it was. But now they are saying, 
we got to respect the the at least until the the entire duration of the MOU. There's a lot of double double talk here, double speak, you know, but but that's that's how it is, I suppose. <laughs> so okay, Zaid Hamidi is back in the driver's seat of UMNO at the moment. What do you make of his chances of becoming the next prime minister? I mean, Ismail Sabri is the prime minister now, but uh, there are other names like Zaid Hamidi and Mohamed Hassan. They've been mentioned as possible candidates. Uh, what do you think of their chances? Well, Zahid uh, will have to take care of his court charges first. That is his biggest, his biggest and only obstacle. Yeah, so everything hinges on that. He'll just have to wait and see, or all of us will have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Mama Hassan is a is a big potential, definitely. Yeah. Some even some people are even saying Najib, but that is a bit odd because he already he has already been found guilty. And yeah, despite this 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 appeal pending, so the last one, I would say zero. You know, no 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 way, but. Zahid is still having having hopes, and 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 Muhammad Hassan is is the most likely choice, yeah, considering if because it's Sabri, everybody they are, they are saying just a just a what a temporary or you know stopgap measure for for Amlu to take over the the Prime Minister post. Mm. I suppose for Muhammad Hassan to become Prime Minister, he would need to run for a parliamentary seat in GE15. And if he wins, then there's a very good chance that he might be the person appointed as Prime Minister. Um, but it still depends on what happens, I suppose. Yeah. But then we'll have to look at the party election. That's why they, they want the party election to be six months, at least six months after the general election. Yes, uh, is very popular, but of course, some among Amnos will say that he said the right things, but then without the benefit of of knowing the outcome of the party election, Tokmat is one of the front runner. I would say we can't say for sure, but he is one of the front runner. So it all depends on how much support they can actually rally among Amno members itself, which will only be tested during the uh, party elections when it happens. But then it will happen later, so. The decision will have to be made immediately after the GE. And the one interesting thing is that this poster boy thing. Like Hamidi said, that there won't be any poster boy for this GE. Of course, the poster boy would be those days. The prime minister is the same. is a is a is president, so it's no problem. But now, if you put the Amno president there, he is he is tainted. I would say, you know, with all these court charges. So you got to put. Ismail Sabri there as the as the prime minister to lead by the, but then his position is shaky. So and conveniently, I would say, Zaid is using what happened in Johor when they they, they promised and one prime one menteri besar and they ended up with another menteri besar. So they say that is because of the intervention of the Sultan of Johor. So they are saying so he's using the same thing. We won't be. We won't be using any poster boy. We won't. We won't say who the prime minister, our our prime minister choice uh, candidate, because the the final the final decision lies with Agong. She has got a very point there. But then it's a convenient thing, you know. I mean, we know that 
they have dif- difficulty in saying who their prime minister is. But now there's this they're using Johor as a as a as an excuse. You know, so yeah, and 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 you, you got to accept that as well. Conveniently, nicely placed for them. <laughs> What happened in Johor with the Menteri Besar? Was that something that took UMNO leadership by surprise? Or was that something that they knew would happen? I've been wondering about I that. Know. I think it caught them by surprise, I think. you know. And then that explains why Sharil Samad, you know, the, the, the big UMNO man in Johor, saying it's a shame of what happened. And I see the one, he did not participate in the, in, the, in the recent assembly. So it just shows the... the, the level of surprise, I would say. Hmm. The issue about what happened in Johor wasn't discussed at the General Assembly as well. Was discussion on this issue suppressed, as some reports suggest? And this brought to mind what you said earlier about the General Assembly being a very uh, engineered, a very choreographed event. It wasn't choreographed. It was probably they said what they want to say. But it's just that it's not being revealed to the public, to the media. So as as far as this Menteri Besar issue in Johor Menteri Besar thing, it, I'm not, I mean I'm no is is caught you know you don't know whether okay they are they are putting up a very bold front saying we are move on and we accept everything and all that but then but until now we don't know whether 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 they really support this new Menteri Besar you know there's this suggestion that the state assemblyman from Amno can table a motion of confidence for the for the MB but I don't think that will happen because that would be seen as uh, questioning or going against the Sultan of Johor that will never happen so we will never know until things happen what is the actual uh, feeling towards the new Menteri Besar mm-hmm. Final question then Mohsen what do you think we should be keeping an eye on in the weeks and months ahead that will sort of you know, show where the country is heading politically and when the next general election is going to be. Well, just we just have to listen into what this 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 uh, Amnu have to say. Amnu meaning Zahid and 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 uh, Ismail Sabri, and of course the the things that are going to happen in the DAP, which is yeah, which is which which which. Yeah, with your new secretary general and all that, through so the direction of DAP and Pakatan, yeah, a lot of interesting in store, interesting things in store for for us, which will have a big, big, big bearing on on our on our political scenario. All right, much more to discuss in the future than Mosin. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you for having me. I've been speaking to political commentator Mohsin Abdullah. This has been Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. Coming up next is the 10 a.m. News Bulletin, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.